Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootser Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Entrepreneurship, Job Security and Wealth Creation. Let's get started. Being a founder is hard and it's a well-known trope in the business world that giving up a comfortable job with a reliable salary is a risky move. So whenever I talk about how entrepreneurship is a desirable way of creating wealth, I'll eventually find somebody responding that some people just prefer security over risk. And it's all about personal preference along one particular line. This debate around entrepreneurship versus employment is often framed as opportunity versus security. But is that really the case? How much security can you find in a position of employment? And how insecure is the life of an entrepreneur? Now, this is not going to be yet another attack on employment by a founder who thinks they know better. I've listened to way too many of those before, and I don't want to be part of this. But I also don't intend to convince anybody who doesn't want to be a founder to take up entrepreneurship. I think that every path is valid, and every choice is happening within the unique context of a person's life. So instead of telling you how you should make this choice for yourself, I'll share which choices led me, to my opinion, on two particular issues. What I want to talk about today are the concepts of job security and wealth creation. I used to believe that having a job was providing stability in my life. And I would assume that many people assume that being regularly employed is a force of stability. And I have held several positions in many companies. I've also been a freelancer and consultant for many years. And in addition to that, I've built a few companies and successfully sold one of them. In retrospect, I think I was never in as as unstable a position as I was when I was an employee. I perceived the monthly paycheck to be a reliable source of income. Because I just really had to show up every day, every day of the work week at least, and produce software, and the money would keep rolling in. Yet, I used up most of that money to pay my rent, to eat, and keep up my not-so-exciting yet still somewhat expensive lifestyle. At the end of the month, I didn't have much left to put away for savings. And essentially, I was living from paycheck to paycheck, and I didn't even know how dangerous that was, because those paychecks were rather sizable for a software engineer, at least. I thought I'd quickly find another job anyway, should I ever lose my current one. So I made no precautions, and I had very few months of expenses saved up. So they were by far not enough to sustain me for long. And I never considered the situation I was in as an employee I until I became a founder. And as a salaried software engineer, I really had no say over what I was working on. And it was fine, right? It was all right with me because if you like your work, then that's okay. And I did. So it didn't appear to me as a big problem. And in fact, I quite enjoyed being given new challenges every few weeks. Because as engineers, we're problem solvers. And when we're presented with a fresh problem, we get all excited. So that's really nice to have somebody tell me what problem to solve. But here's the thing. Whatever value I created, I didn't get compensated for. I got paid for the time and my presence, but I didn't build anything valuable for myself. I built lasting value for other people exclusively. And employment is great because workers are usually protected because of this relationship. Centuries of abusive business practices have led to worker protection regulation, and that protects the worker, and health insurance is often partially paid by the employer, 
they pay into social security systems, so that protects the worker even beyond their employment. You have the right to compensation if you get terminated and you get paid sick days and vacation, more or less, depending on where you where you work. And depending on really the country you're in, this can be actually quite comfortable. But here's the catch. Your income is entirely dependent on maintaining this relationship. And no matter how well protected you are by the law, you are essentially on the weaker side of a well-established power dynamic. You get paid, as long as you don't mess up, while your employer and all the other stakeholders involved get to benefit from anything you create, and they get to tell you what to work on. So this is a fair deal, of course. Employers carry a lot of risk and the responsibilities, while employees work on unlimited scope projects within a business, and you as an employee bind yourself legally to the authority and supervision of a company in exchange for a guaranteed income. So even when things go south, you'll be protected. I consider this working in a position with a cap downside. It can only get so bad because of all those protections that are in place for you. And unless you screw up majorly, you're going to have a soft landing with enough time to find another path forward in most cases. And for tech workers in particular, there's usually enough to go around, enough job openings to quickly find a similar position at another company. But with that limited downside, and that's the whole point of why I'm talking about this, comes limited upside as well. Whatever you create during your work, and often enough during your free time as well, if you're not cautious about telling your employer about side projects and having them actually allow you to, do, to work on these kind of things, everything you do belongs to your employer. They own it. And any future gains from that are theirs and theirs alone. You don't own your work. Whatever wealth it creates isn't yours to keep. Capped downside, capped upside. But entrepreneurship removes those limitations. Both of them. Starting a business removes the capped upside, particularly when you're an indie founder. Whatever you create, if it appreciates in value, if it becomes better and more valuable, that value is yours to capture. If you build a business with thousands of customers over a few years, you can choose to sell it for life-changing amounts of money, like we that would feed that panda, and that money, after taxes, is all yours. If you're an employee at a business that doesn't offer stock options, you won't see anything in case of such a liquidity event. Entrepreneurship means ownership. Whatever upside your business creates, you benefit from it fully. So what about the cap downside? Well, that vanishes too. If you start the business, you're now the person who takes enormous risks. You put your own money into the business, as bootstrapper quite likely, and you spend your precious time working on it. Instead of going to work at 9am and tuning out at 4, you'll constantly be thinking about your company. Any work-life balance you had before needs to be severely revamped. Thankfully, experienced founders like Adi PNR have provided frameworks on building a business that works for you. I really recommend Adi's latest book um, on this issue. It's very insightful. Um, It's Life Profitability, which is the whole point of making everything profitable for your life, not just for the business. But it will still be a noticeable change. The cushion that you had as an employee will be gone. If your business fails, you won't continue to get paid for a month or a couple. There's no severance package. If, If your money is gone, it's gone. And that's a pretty bleak scenario. But I mention it because it happens. People are going through this right now, particularly with the pandemic ravaging the economy. There are businesses going out of business and people's 
savings are on the line. So that's always the risk in entrepreneurship. But they also keep struggling. If they keep working on their business, um, then they do this because they've seen reversals of fortune unfold for other people. Stories like the implosion, rebirth, and sustainable growth of Gumroad, for example, they motivate thousands of founders to give it another go every day, even though it doesn't look good. But they keep working on it. And these founders know that the future upside of having a sustainable business is worth that struggle. And I've been reading The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek recently, and it draws a line between those games we play to win and the games we play to stay in the game. And the whole book is about finite and infinite games. And finite games have known rules. They have known competitors. And when there are winners, they're also losers as well. The more I think about it, the more I consider employment as a series of finite games. Get a job before the others do. Reach that next bonus. Climb that next step of your career ladder and beat your peers to a promotion. When you're employed, you make choices that further your own goals before anybody else's. And entrepreneurship is an infinite game. You're not trying to win a business. You're trying to build a business that can thrive without you. Being a founder means creating something that is meant to outlast you. You focus on how you can serve others, which then, in some capacity, serves you back. When you're a founder, you make choices that empower others and help them reach their goals. One thing that I've seen happening more and more over the last few years is that these founders are building a public founder brand in public. They do this because they understand that no matter where the business goes, up or down or sideways, having a reputation as an expert entrepreneur is an opportunity generator. That's infinite game thinking. And if their business fails, they'll still have their followers, many of which are eager to help out, be it by offering them jobs or freelancing gigs or even becoming collaborators or customers of their next venture. And a personal founder brand transcends the lifetime of a business. That is the closest thing to a cap downside that an entrepreneur can hope for. Because entrepreneurship, you know, entrepreneurship is always a risky endeavor. But so is having a job, just differently. It isn't a trade between security and opportunity. It's trading limited upside and downside against unlimited upside and downside. I believe that the conversations about risk and entrepreneurship and employment should shift away from risky versus safe. A more nuanced view would be looking at the limitations affecting your potential for generating wealth for yourself. Maybe job security is a mirage. We should be looking at wealth security. In a world where decade-long careers that include reliable income progression schemes are becoming ever rarer, I mean, who is holding a job for more than a couple years nowadays? You can't rely on a job being the vehicle towards personal wealth anymore. Jumping between jobs and doing freelance work on the side are becoming the new normal for many workers in all sorts of industry, not just in, in tech. So all the value they create after being compensated for their time still goes to someone else, if they're employed or freelancing. And at the same time, bootstrap businesses are becoming easier to start. With almost infinite amounts of niche markets looking for solutions to their critical problems, side projects have plenty of opportunities to grow into sustainable self-funded businesses over time. And I'm saying side projects in particular because you don't need to choose between employment and entrepreneurship either. 
Like moonlighting, the practice of building a side project while you're still employed or freelancing or whatever, is a very feasible way of building value and wealth on the side. Just make sure that your employer allows this when you're employed. There are a couple of resources that you can find on the web that tell you how to phrase this, how to get permission on building side projects. And it's very important. You don't want your employer to end up owning the side business that you built. It's not happening often, but you might run into trouble if you don't check with them first. So when Danielle and I started our SaaS, Feedback Panda, in 2017, we didn't quit our jobs until we saw solid traction and revenue from our side project in early 2018. And since I was an employed engineer, I asked my employer if it was fine for me to build a side project, and I got that permission. So everything was fine on that end. It's a good idea to transition into entrepreneurship slowly. And we took six, seven, maybe eight months until we actually became full-time entrepreneurs. But don't, don't listen to me. I take it from Dolly Parton, who made this wonderful video um, as a kind of new age take on her song 9 to 5, which is a song called 5 to 9. And I'll link to that in the show notes. And it's quite funny. It's about hustling. It's about building something for yourself. And I don't think entrepreneurship is necessarily for everyone. And I talked about this in the beginning, right? I don't want to convert employees into entrepreneurs at all costs. But I do believe that um, everybody should at least consider it, maybe even try it at least once. You, you don't have to build a business to live a fulfilled life. But there's something to building a business that is just mind-altering in some capacity. And it's a great learning opportunity and might just be the foundation for a self-directed and financially secure future. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootser Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-B-I-D-K-A-H-L. You can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, at zerotosold.com. If you have questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootser Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It'll have other founders or founders-to-be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.